This is the fourth episode of For the Working with Jazzy Lowe, and today I have two special guests. We have one familiar face, Chris Townsend, who is an artist, and also I like to call him my hip hop sensei. I feel like at this point that's basically what you are. Uh, We also have a newcomer. His name is Thomas Bailey. He is a boxer, a poet, and he's also a trainer. Did I get that right? Yes, ma'am. We are here to talk about Kendrick Lamar. Obviously, on May 13th, we got uh, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, which is Kendrick's fifth highly anticipated studio album. Um, and before he drops the album, he always drops The Heart, which is the series that we've been getting. And The Heart Part 5 drops the Sunday before the album drops. Um, I know we haven't really had time to sit with the album or with that single, um, but have y'all been following The Heart series? Um, what did you think about The Heart? Um, so actually, like, to be honest, The Heart Part, like, not my favorite out of the catalog. The, like, the whole series, even though The Heart Part 2 is just amazing but um like i appreciate it but like they're hard to listen to typically because they so dense honestly like when i heard this past one was the five uh when i heard it i had two completely different reactions from when i heard it the first time because i heard it first and then i saw the video Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then of course like with the dumb fades or whatever they call like they hit completely different um, seeing the perspective that he spoke from. So, I mean, it's Kendrick. It's about what you expect from him, which is brilliant. But I definitely had, like, when I heard it the first time, I was like, okay, this is Kendrick rapping. Like, mm-hmm. But then I saw the video. And oh, by the, the time it got the nearby. Deep fakes. Deep fakes, yeah, deep fakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so, yeah, nah, I mean, it's incredible, man. It's Kendrick. Yeah, so... <laughs> Just to kind of put it out there for those that may not have checked it out, um, on the on the song "The Heart Part 5, he samples Marvin Gaye's "I Want You," and then the deep fakes is the morphs from um, his face to faces like Will Smith, O.J. Simpson, Jesse Smollett, Kobe. Um, he did a lot of different people. So, but Thomas, what did you think when you? How did you listen to it? Did you listen to the song first, or did you watch the video? I watched the video first, actually, and. Uh... It, it, it just made, it made sense to me. Uh, I think if I would have listened to the song first, it wouldn't have probably made sense to me uh, of how, you know, how he was rapping. Because, you know, Kendrick is going to rap. He, he going to tell a story in a different perspective that's not probably his story. Uh, but when I, but me watching the video first gave me uh, a better perspective of things. Um, and so it made me respect the song even more. I honestly, uh, the heart part five is probably number two for me in in the heart songs. You know what I'm saying? So my number uh, one, four is number one for me. Four, yeah, four is definitely is number one. Four is definitely number one, of course. Um, yeah, but me seeing the video, it was like I I get where he going, and so. That's why I liked it. Uh, I I think if I probably had heard the song before the video, I probably wouldn't have liked it as much. Dang. Yeah. Um. I was um just kind of paying attention to some of the references like while I was watching it, and I, I feel like when you saw Will Smith come up, I mean uh, Kanye West come up, he said something about being bipolar, and then when it got to Nipsey, you heard something like. Uh, um, looking over Sam or Piper Sam 
um, I knew that that was like him at this point talking from the perspective of all of these people, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and then one thing he kept saying throughout the song is, "This is the culture. Like, this is what's normalized in our communities. Like, murder, trauma. Yeah, like, like ignoring it and like constantly." He said something like, "Pick up a bottle." Hold on, real quick. I got it pulled up actually. History repeats again, make amends, then find a nigga with the same skin and do it again. But that's the culture. Crack a bottle. Hard to deal with the pain when you're sober. By tomorrow, we forget the remains. We start over. That's the problem. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that was like the perfect transition over into introducing Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, literally. And I, I saw so many people kind of twisting some of the meanings too with him like standing in a certain area in the corner saying that's like the heart the actual heart and like him breathing on the track represents how many pulses like it was that was going a little bit too deep into it yeah that was, yeah they were going too far with it yeah for sure hey Chris, what you hey Chris, what you think about that though um i really didn't think much of it honestly like i just thought he was in the right third of the frame yeah and, and then like he it, it like leaving space, like holding space, like almost, you know what I'm saying? Like holding space. He talk about ancestors a lot. And he talk about on the album being a medium, which we'll get into and stuff like that. So I just felt like, yeah. you know, like it has some type of symbolic reference, like, you know, not even being in the center of the frame, like, you know what I'm saying? Cause he ends up in the center of the frame by the time that his face started changing too. So like, I ain't even think too much into it. And then I try not to think yeah. so much into it too, because it could be all there or it could be all purposely left for interpretation. But he's, he said in past interviews that the fans be like dead on, especially like uh, with the uh, with damn, like being a double album and you know being forward and backwards and stuff like that. But I think I think also, man, you know, uh, the reason I asked you that, Chris, is because it's like you know it go back to Jazz's uh, questions, like you know when you talk about the culture. You know, our culture is like... So were you asking me about the quote or about him standing there in the frame? You asking me about the quote. Yeah, I'm, back, yeah, I'm asking about the quote. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the quote, you know what I'm saying? You know how the culture... You know, so we, we call our culture, you know what I'm saying? We love our culture, of course, but our culture is kind of... You know what I'm saying? It's, I mean, from, from Kendrick's point of view, from what I get, it's... Like we kind of glorify the gun violence, the you know what I'm saying, uh, the rat, the ratchet stuff, you know what I'm saying. And so I'm just trying to see how you, how, how, well, how did you proceed that? When I hear that quote, I just think about how we have to kind of detach ourselves from reality to a certain extent to enjoy the culture. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? It's money. Like you said, it's money. It's dulling like the, the real pain and like the uncomfortable conversations long enough to make it to the next day. And then like you say, start over. And that's the problem. Like you always start from square one every day. Mm-hmm. You're unable to build on stuff. But like you say, that's the culture. And like yeah. without getting too deep into that, like like Jazz say, that was like really the perfect intro to Mr. Morale because it was having a bunch of uncomfortable conversations over and over again and really giving us a glimpse into like his life it's like bro the whole time y'all looking at me 
and glorifying me. Like, I'm just a person, bro. Like that's it. I'm just a person. I'm a special right. person, a different right. kind of person, but I'm just a person too. I have the right. same perspective that you have. It's just that like, I'm a multimillionaire. <laughs> yeah, I just got money, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I'm still dealing with the same issues yeah. and stuff like that, yeah. So now, I mean, that that one quote, I'm glad you pulled that jazz, because that really, like, encompasses really the whole, the whole thing. Yeah. Two things I did want to bring up, too, like, with the timing, because obviously um, last week, I'm sure we've all heard by now about the, the, the RICO charges that were placed on all the YSL members. Young Thug's gonna constantly saying, okay, I'm from the hood and these are my experiences, so I'm gonna put it in a song and then I'm gonna use this music to take myself you know, to the next level or take my family to the next level, not realizing that that, that could also trickle down to having an effect on everybody else. And so using drugs, using money to kind of hide all those things and use it as a facade. So that brings me to the album title, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. I personally feel like Mr. Morale is obviously Kendrick Lamar, then the Big Steppers is us tap dancing around us coming to terms with all those traumas. Um, and I think that that's why the album is titled that way. And then throughout the album, you can hear like all the footsteps, which is something I didn't even catch until the end. I think it was like when yeah. I got the mom, the, my mother, nah. whatever. Yeah. Then I heard the feet and I was like, oh, that must be the, the steps. Yeah. But I didn't think about the tap dancing until somebody else pointed it out. Um, but yeah, so as a whole, I think the album talked about mental health. It talked about uh, toxicity and relationships. Uh, it touched on queerness, fatherhood, like so many different things. Um, but before we get into all of that, what were some songs that, that kind of stood out to y'all? Tom, you can go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Why you put it on me? Well, you uh, gave me the love. You gave me the love on the last one, so you know. I will say, look, Chris, he really, he really made me feel like I was going into it like a certain type of way because he was like, "This ain't like a music album that you're gonna like nod your head to." But it really ended up being that though. I was afraid. Yeah. Hey, I'm like, damn. So what are you gonna say on her? Under promise and over deliver. That's what I wanted you to get on it. You know, yeah. I wanted you to go in with your own perception because I messed up. I was in a studio session when it came out. So I saw tweets from people who I know like our music heads and stuff like that. And like some of the stuff that I was seeing wasn't what you expect. You know what I'm saying? I had saw a fake track list and everything. So like when it finally came out and I got a chance to listen to it, I was like, oh, okay. But like as a super fan, like um, it gave me so much closure. Like, oh God, I it's gonna, about him. Hey, I ain't gonna lie. It got me he told you everything closure. that he hasn't told you. Hey, real talk. <laughs> hey, look, look, Chris. When he said he had writer's block for two years, man, I felt that. Like, you know what I'm saying? As a poet, like, people don't know, like, it's hard to write. It's, it's really hard to write. You know? You turn it on and off. It's, 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 you either got it or you don't at the moment. Uh, so for me, you know what I'm saying, she asked, you know, what was our favorite track? I definitely would say, uh, what's the second track? What's the second track called? In 95, I think. I love, I love that one. I love that one. Uh, Count Me Out uh, and uh, We Cry Together. Uh, Father Time. Yeah. Uh, Father Time probably is my favorite because uh, I didn't get in 
like me and my father, we didn't have the best relationship growing up, but he was in my life. Uh, like, so to like, just throw it out there, uh, me and my dad, like, so my dad cheated on his wife with my mom. So he denied me for a while. Um, and so uh, we didn't have the greatest relationship growing up, but now like me and my dad, like we like best friends. We like the best of friends. And, but I mean, I still got daddy issues because I was so like mad at him and stuff like that for what he did. And it's like, damn, look at the, the fucked up shit I did. And it's like, that song just hit to me. And that'd probably be my favorite track, really. And it's just like, it just hit. It just, I don't know. Um, I mean, honestly, Silent Hill, probably my favorite song on the album. Silent Hill do hit. Yeah, <laughs> I've listened to that one. That joint hit. Count <laughs> Me Out is like a perfect song. I hope he yeah. does that like on a Colors one day or something like that. He's way too huge to do Colors probably, but like I would love to see him do that. Um, that joint like a Broadway play for yeah, it really is, bro. So Silent Hill, Count Me Out, of course, N95. Uh, yeah. Worldwide Steppers. Worldwide Steppers really like, I was like, cause I listened to them in my car. I love them the first time I listened, I got listened to it in the car. So I'm riding yeah. around Memphis like, yeah. saying Whitney name on a track, bro. He talking about yeah. the experiences that he done had, all of this. Father Time definitely hit different. The first thing I thought about is we we've never heard an artist talk about daddy issues from the perspective of a man. Oh, you know, man. We use daddy oh, issues to cast a oh, negative God. light on women and what they're missing emotionally and stuff. But like for him talking about like the toxic masculinity that is innately passed down from the dad unknowingly, like it's not like he's like, I'm teaching you how to be toxic. It's like as a black man, this is what it mean to be a black man. This is what it mean to be a man. When he made the Kanye and Drake reference, I knew exactly what he meant. He didn't even have to it, go. Right, like he said. Yeah, yeah. He was just yeah, like, what? Like, yeah. You, like he said, uh, when he, uh, when Drake and uh, Kanye got together, he was what, confused, yeah. I believe. Yeah. And that, that's like, from, from the, once again, the culture, we like, come on, bro. Nah, we don't Might do well crossed here several we don't do We don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that one hit. Of course, uh, Mother I Sober really hit hard. Yeah. That that one hit like a ton of bricks. But yeah, yeah, that, I mean, yeah. this album is so <laughs> yeah. good. I'm really still, I'm really still digesting it to be honest. Yeah, I'm really digesting it for real. It's really like it's kind of almost like therapy for me right yeah, now. Yeah, for sure. Nah, for sure. Cause these conversations, we really ain't never heard a person. Even when he, uh, what's the what's the track called when he when she asking him about, do you have an addiction? Like you need to. Is it is that the is that the father time or? Um, I think that is the father time. He he said he said it once on uh Worldwide Steppers when he was like he was in Copenhagen. Well, now that's she, what she said. He, she asked him have a problem. But yeah, addiction. When she asked him about addiction, it was on side B for sure. Yeah, I think that was. I think that's that. That's for all the time. Yeah. But like that's stuff that you don't hear people talk about. And the crazy part about it, Jazz, is I think we might have talked about it on the Drake episode. How a lot of what Kendrick talks about, about fifty percent of what Kendrick talk about, is sex. 
in his lyrics, whether it be features or whether it be his personal songs, is some type of sexual reference. He says something about it, even if he's referring to himself, you know what I'm saying, or referring to somebody else. Think about the first song on Good Kid Man City. Shirai. Shirai. That's true. Him going out of his way to get get a, get a piece. Get a, yeah. Even his after they keeping in those and stuff like that, yeah. he's trying to go get up with Shirai. His 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 biggest uh his biggest feature that ever like really put him on to the mainstream was on a song called Effing Problems. Damn. You know what I'm saying? Wait, is that yeah. you with them big old thighs out the school? The J305 and gave me hot five. You know what I'm saying? So that's always yeah. an underlying thing. Like that's a whole completely different episode and conversation. But talking about sex addiction is something that is not very talked about, but it's tap danced around for sure. And to hear one of the biggest artists in human history talk about confronting his own problem with sex, that's the that's the conversation that I haven't been seeing had online. Because that's that's different. That's 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 heavy. I have so many different thoughts. Um like I was telling him earlier on the call, I really hate that, you know, we're talking about this now because we've only had like a week to kind of sit on it, but I think the first impressions are good to get. Some of my favorite songs, just kind of thinking about it, definitely Die Hard, Rich Spirit, We Cry Together. Purple Hearts was like my first favorite song. Cause oh, I saw you talking about I knew you were going to love that one. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Hey, nah, I like Purple Hearts, though. Purple I, Hearts. I love it. I feel like I'm kind of biased because I'm a Summer Walker fan. But yeah. she sounded perfect for that track. Count Me Out too. And Silent Hill was like my second favorite song on there. But like in general, I feel like this is probably the most introspective that we've heard Kendrick be. Like, we're like the most introspective album that he has. Which is Here. wild because the last three. <laughs> yeah, the last three, if you count Section 80, the last four have all been very introspective. So he gives you more every time, which I appreciate it because he doesn't have to do that. Uh, yeah. As a Beyonce, a big Beyonce fan, that was the biggest knock that people had on her in like the early 2000s is that she doesn't share enough about herself. She's too private. We don't yeah. know enough about her. And then like uh, she did the um, her documentary on HBO, you know what I'm saying? Um, she started letting her fans more, more into her life and look at the following that she has now. You know what I'm saying? We celebrate her birthday. We know when Blue Ivy birthday is. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I think I appreciate as a fan, Kendrick allowing us this glimpse into his life because he didn't have to. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think it also raises a lot of questions too. It makes you think like, okay, for the past five years, um, somebody else brought up is that we were probably thinking, okay, Kendrick has, he's at a point in his career where he can enjoy, he can reap the benefits of, you know what I mean? Like all his riches, all his successes, but he's really been going through some shit and that's how he opened the album. Mm -hmm. It's been like, mm -hmm. you think about what he's rapping about, it's like, okay, what are my traumas? Like, what have I not come to terms yeah. with? What effect is this having on the people that are around me? How am I, why am I the person that I am? And how are my traumas connected to the way that I treat people? And how I'm raising my kids or like how I treat myself? You know, right. like, I literally left the album after listening for like the second time. Like, damn, like I really need to work on myself. Nah, <laughs> for real, that's what I mean. That, like for real, like on some real stuff. That's really how I feel. Like, that's how I feel. Like, I thought, well, it probably was on my third listen where I felt like that. It was like, 
dang, I really got to work on myself. Where I, it was like, man, it just hit. Because, I mean, me going through my certain situations, like, I, you know, and he, he just posted something on his, I don't know if it was IG or I sent it on Twitter, but he was just like, I'm all of us. And I was like, yo, that's that's the realest thing ever because, I mean, all of us are going through something. We are human. We are human. And so for him to say, like, all of this stuff and, like, just paint it, he painted the perfect picture. And it's like... Yeah, it's just it's just on this platform now, and it's just like, damn. I think that's why he. I think that's why he wanted to put a song like Savior on there too, because you know how he starts off where he's like, right, correct, like, correct. LeBron, uh, who was he say? Um, Cole, uh, J. Cole is not I, your savior. I, I am not your savior. Like, yeah, people, I was literally having a conversation with somebody like some months ago, and it was like. Um, you know, black community going through all these right now, and Kendrick Lamar is supposed to be this this black leader. Where is yeah. all this? And I literally said to him like, that man is probably dealing with some of his own personal shit. Um, right? Personal stuff. Are the only group in the world who are who are black lead, our entertainers are expected to be our leaders, and that's mm. he's a thirty five year old man. You know what I'm saying? He's gonna turn thirty five in a couple of weeks. Like, yeah. and I want to put this into perspective too. It's been five years since Damn, but he toured Damn into the end of 2019, right before the pandemic. His last Instagram post before the pandemic hit was him walking through Europe through like a, a crowd of 150,000 people, and it said gratitude. You can probably find it on YouTube. That was at, that was in the winter of 2019, like December 2019. That's more than two and a half years after Damn came out, he toured that album like. The biggest artists in the world who do arena tours, that's 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 what they do. So when you think about soon as he got off tour, three months later, four months later, the pandemic hit. Cause you know, he also went on the TDE tour too, the championship tour. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So in this very short period of time, he is sharing this with us. Also, you got to think about how old the photo on the album cover is, because he has dreadlocks now. Yeah. Right, right. When his first child was born, it slipped out, but people didn't make a big deal about it. Um, As a super fan, just being on some random stuff, like in maybe 2017, 2018, in an interview, uh, Trap Kitchen made a reference to Kendrick's wedding. They were like, yeah, we're going to cater Kendrick's wedding. So he's probably been married for, for four or five or more four years. Five years. So we don't know how old the babies yeah. are. You right. know what I'm saying? He got cornrows on the on the uh, like I said on the album. Oh, he got the he got the cornrows on the damn album. You know what I'm saying? So we don't yeah. know how long ago that was. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know how long. We don't know how long him and his lady been together. Oh, since high yeah. school show. Well, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, that's what articles say, but you know what I'm saying? We don't really just know. Yeah, she's just but, been there. She, we know that she's been there. Been, yeah, she's been yeah. there. And for, like like I said, for him, the, the script, uh, what's the song called? We Cry Together? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you you got to be in a relationship to this. To, to to write some shit like that to yeah. to do that you you gotta know how it go you know what I'm saying and and I hate 
I hate that it's like that. I really do. Come on, Chris. You know I hate that. Man. But it's like that sometimes, that's sometimes how it goes. And like his last verse on We Cry Together, it's really <laughs> like. the wall. It's. it's <laughs> you say what? It's all down the wall. Man. <laughs> like, it was also so much perspective that it was like a series of tweets from a very fed up man. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, right. Talking right. about like, hey, you are messed up. Like we shouldn't even be around each other because you messed. I messed up. You messed up. You your messed whole up. Perspective on life is completely unrealistic. Right. You put your phone down, and like I appreciated that someone of his stature even has the perspective to to see something like that because he could just be laid up with his kids and his and his lady and don't even worry about like that type of stuff. But like Tommy said, like you have to have been like really been in it to understand that. Yeah. Like your whole head is messed up, and that encapsulated like how I feel a lot about dating and how social media plays a part in relationships, and how people don't know how to communicate with each other. Like it's so many conversations that can be had about that one song. That's theater, right? That that lady is an actor. Yeah, yeah. 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 So him being risky. Um, Really, I want to say that because this is the main point that I wanted to make about the album. I wanted to say it while I'm thinking about it. But I look at hip hop musicians, hip hop artists as jazz musicians because it's very improvisational. I consider Jay Z to be one of the best, if not the best, jazz musicians ever because he's his voice, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> not writing and all that. I said that to say Kendrick Lamar, this album is very much so like. Coltrane-esque. Coltrane in the mid-late 60s when he started just playing right. that wasn't necessarily as pleasing to the ear. People were like, bro, what are you doing? Like, people used to get up and leave the shows and all of that stuff. But it pushed jazz forward. And I feel like, more than anything, Mr. Morale and the Big Stepper, Steppers has, again, like, placed the, the genre forward in many ways. Kind of mm. like Jesus did, like from a production standpoint, from a content standpoint, I really feel like it's uncomfortable because the pandemic caused us to all sit with our BS and kind of like reflect and everything came up to the surface. It's very uncomfortable because we haven't had a lot of these conversations for ourselves. A lot of us have very similar traumas and it's triggering. Every it's tri other yeah, really. right, right. Sometimes it's hard to listen to that album. Yeah, for sure. And like, to be yeah. honest, I haven't really just been bumping it for enjoyment like that. I listen to the more, more light. I listen to it. I listen to it because of the, I can relate to it. No, facts. You know, it's not for enjoyment. It's not, you know what I'm saying? Because it's got that thumping sound. It's because it's like, yo, I I literally relate to some of these parts. Facts. You know, uh, and some of them is triggering. Some of them parts I gotta skip through. Thanks. But one of the other things that he touched on was breaking generational curses, like taking taking some of the, the trauma that we go through and figuring out, okay, how can we stop this and prevent this from happening? Um, like with the homophobia, when he's talking about how his auntie is now a man or like how his cousin is now a woman and us not really being educated on or being used to having conversations about homosexuality, molestation, sexual assault, 
to where we're tap dancing around this subject. Um, and then he also used R. Kelly as an example, like saying, okay, if R. Kelly wasn't, which is a touchy topic in itself, um, right. if he wasn't molested in the first place, would all that have happened? Would, if he would have come to terms with, okay, something is wrong with me, like mentally, something is happening and I'm projecting this energy on everybody else around me, like, yeah. still look at him the same, but we still look at that situation the same. And a lot of people, they didn't sit right with them, like, they don't like that he used the F word. I'm not going to use it here. Yeah. Um, but, like, I saw a lot of people upset about so many different things. And he I had Kodak Black on that album. Exactly. Another which, on a few different layers, you know, people show outrage about. And it's not my place to say whether it's valid or not. But, you know, my homie Bernie, shout out my homie Bernie Amsterdam, greatest producer in the world. Well, we was just talking about last night, and he brought something to my attention that I didn't think about. I know the Kodak Black stuff with women specifically, you know, rub people the wrong way. And that brings up a conversation of like forgiveness and like, can, is there things that you can't come back for and all of that. But one thing I didn't think about was Nip, right? Mm. Mm. And Kodak Black and how his people feel about Kodak Black and also West Coast. Yeah. That's, that's true. I didn't think you know about what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. A week after you speaking, you know, channeling Nip and speaking from his perspective, okay, so and then having Kodak Black narrate his album. I'm sure he's aware of the sexual assault allegations. Um, and he, I think Kodak at some point was charged, like actually charged for these two, right? Like sexual yeah. assault. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I don't know. I it's, know a, it's a double-edged Thanks. sword because, like, we have perspectives that, unfortunately, through this medium, we can't completely talk about, right? Because right. They're, they're, like, it's triggering for one, and certain people feel yeah. a certain type of way, and this is with respect to those people, myself included, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you have to, it begs the question, what is forgiveness? Why are we? Why do we judge people at a higher standard than we judge ourselves? Then we judge we ourselves. Stuff yeah, slide, yeah. and we don't let other stuff slide. Right. Because the right. thing is, like, you know, what I'm saying, with all due respect to these people, like I said, um, Trey Songs, yeah. Chris Brown, you know, what I'm saying, R. Kelly. I, this goes on. Why do we cancel some but keep the other ones? You know, what I'm saying. Well, I'm just talking about violence against women specifically, which is which is the which is the conversation that I'm referring to. But you know, to. that's gonna always get you know, the women gonna always whatever they put out first is gonna always get that's gonna get taken. That's gonna that's gonna be the story. Not nothing against you, Jazz, but when if if a woman put out a story first before you, that's just gonna be the story. My question is who gets to say what slides and what doesn't slide, for one. You what brought up slide? a great point. I, I hold, on, hold, on. You what... hold on, hold on one second. You brought up a great point talking about his age. Because as, as I understand it, Kodak is only like 23 or 24 years old at this point as well. Yeah. Um, and like I said, this isn't me taking a stance, but this is me kind of offering a perspective of who gets to decide what you know what i'm saying whether somebody gets to continue to have a career because of problems that they've had kodak even you. said in his verse every yeah. time i get a chance i'm spending time with my son i ain't had no father yeah and we doing all this for yeah so you know i like i said last night it really had my antennas crazy because i was like i wonder how people in the west coast feel about 
Kodak being on here, but at the same time, I feel like his very presence is symbolic. And so it's needed. It's well. needed. Yeah, for sure. Chris Brown has. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna lie to you. If a motherfucker throw my Lamborghini keys out, ain't no telling what the fuck I made. <laughs> <laughs> so wow. it's like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't blame him. And then he young at that time, but he's matured. We ain't heard nothing lately, little Chris Brown. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, I, I don't know. A lot of shit be like Twitter talk. Like, people yeah, exactly. Talk. It's fake outrage. And, and yeah, like I said, of course, of course, I have my own personal code of ethics when it comes to supporting whoever for whatever. Then you had a whole conversation about you know, separating the art from the artist. But I also thought about thought about this. I was listening to it the other day and I was like, I feel like Kendrick and Cole have identified brothers like Kodak and 21 and was like, let's help save these young brothers' lives or have an impact on their lives. Right. You know what I'm saying? People had right. thrown away Kodak a couple of years ago. Yeah. yeah. He was that. locked up. Even Master P was like, ain't no helping this young man. So it's like, yeah. while Kendrick isn't a savior, yeah. his very presence in that young man's yeah. life can change the whole course of his life. I saw Kodak like, like shout out to my Hebrew brother, Kendrick. And like, I see that they have a, a mutual connection there, right? As, as black Hebrew brothers and stuff like this. It's like, would Malcolm Little be able to be Malcolm X in this, in this day and age? If somebody didn't take a if somebody didn't take a chance on them, if somebody didn't allow them to, to be on there. Also with Baby King's presence on the album, who I'm a, I love Baby King. Uh he offered a different perspective and they keep giving us deep bits and pieces about how Kendrick's presence in his life has helped put his life on a whole different, you know, platform. We talk about I watched King make a million dollars and bury his mama and bury his daddy. You know what I'm saying? About his daddy a casket. Or Keem said, I made a million dollars about my daddy a casket. He talked about buying his grandmama a house and stuff like that. Like, these are young black men's lives that he is positively changing. And he got receipts for it. If he was just a regular person and not a rapper, they would give him awards for that. They would be talking on the news about that. Um, but he was able to take his influence and his platform and change one of his family members' lives. And I appreciate that. Like the mentorship, I guess, is the overarching thing here is like him taking young men, even the other young man who signed the PG Lane, who's on one of the songs. Tara Leon, I hope that I'm saying that correctly, but like I appreciate what Kendrick really doing. Okay, so what do you guys think about people saying that this is his best album? Um, this also sparked the argument for other people <laughs> uh, <laughs> because they feel like, all right, so what is? They're like, okay, so what is Kendrick's best album? Would it be Good Kid, Mad City? Like, I already, I know I what you gonna say. I haven't had it. What you gonna say, Chris? You what you gonna say, it's bro? It's a butterfly for sure. It's not. But, too, uh, look, look. Uh, but look, look, this is why I say this. Look, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I gave, I gave, I gave you your spot. You got it. You got it. It's good kid. Then it's the pimple butterfly. Those are interchangeable, really. And I give you. 
Damn. He has damn at number one before this one. Even Kendrick had damn at number one. See, I'm, 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 in, I'm in between. I, see, that's, that's where I, like, number damn, three is like. And then, and then Good Kid Max Bruh, nah. <laughs> nah. See, like, okay. So, first of all, I haven't ranked Mr. Morale yet because it's, it's too, it's too, it's too early. It's too early for that. I listen, on, I, listen to, to, I listen to I listen to Pimple Butterfly every day for a month. I listen to Damn every day for a month after it came out. You know what I'm saying? I'm still. Where, was, where, where was you at when Good Kid came out? Where was you at? I was in college, bro. I skipped a whole day. Of, I skipped a whole day. Hold on, 45 seconds, 60 seconds. Let me tell you my Good Kid, Mad City story. Okay. It leaked. It leaked. <laughs> Two of my roommates was listening to the leak the three days before it came out. I refused to listen yeah. to it at all, right? Yeah. I went to a party the night before it came out. They played Poetic Justice at the middle of the at the end of the party. I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna listen to that. Now. That morning I had it on my iPod. I plugged it in. I was living at the point in Murfreesboro, right? Yeah, I By remember. The time that. I get to North Ten down North Tennessee to Rutherford, bitch don't kill my vibe is on. I bust a left, right? And the beat yes. drop on that joint. I didn't go to class that day. I rode around listening to Good Kid Mad City for the rest of that day, okay? Yeah. So I said all of that to say like, Good Kid Mad City, when we talk about Kendrick Catalog, you know how we talk about the best rapper? I don't name Jay-Z in my top five because that's like putting Michael Jordan in your top five. That's how I feel about Good Kid Mad City. Because, I fucking hate this nigga. Yeah, it's I like I can't. Hate this nigga. <laughs> I can't really. I, I can't really. Talking. I ain't talking to you, bro. I can't <laughs> rank. We do this every time, Jazz. Just for yeah, I know. <laughs> we t- every time we talk, we do this. <laughs> but like to pimple butterfly, bro. Like I don't know. It's just it's just perfect. Everything about it was perfect for me. You know what I'm saying? Like everything about it was perfect. Um, what was- but look though, look. So what was so perfect about? It? Really, my favorite part is how he incorporated the jazz along with like the hip hop. Yeah, music. I liked it. I liked it. Never I liked heard that before. Show. And like, I'm very, mu- I was very much getting into jazz at the time too. At the time. All the yeah, we talked about it on there, bro. Like Robert Glass, like it's it's amazing. You know what I'm saying? But um, he said that "Damn" is Good Kid, Man City, and "To Pimp a Butterfly" put together. Nah. He said that on Big Boy. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just saying though, bro. Good I, kid I, I, could, I can't really rank him, bro. Good it's, kid could be like a freaking movie, bro. Like that joint is just. It is. It is, it is a movie. Yeah. It and, is. So, I wonder, like, are those those skits are so spot on? Like them joints, he made them for the album, right? Like, but it's them his real homies. Them his real I, homies. Them his parents for real. It sounds like a real movie. I uh, see. I never knew that. That's how. That's what I always wanted. I was like, them his real parents. Not, I was yeah, to. them his real parents. Them his real homies. So like, I gotta say, I I, I would have to say to Pimple Butterfly, and Good Kid probably tied for me. Then. I probably got a time, bro, because I love to Pimple. But and the older I get, the really the more I love it. It's aging so well. I, I just picked it up when I found out Mr. Morale was coming coming back out like I find myself going back to that one more than all of the other ones besides Good Kid Mad City because like Poetic Justice is a perfect song nigga Money Trees is a perfect song yeah bro that I mean the album that's is perfect, what I'm bro. saying you the only about, thing bro, the only bro, knock I have I, on Good Kid I, Mad City is that it didn't have to be as stand, long look Chris Chris the only thing that can stand out onto Pimple Butterfly and I love to Pimple Butterfly the only thing that can stand out is Mortal Man 
that could oh. top Good Kid, Mad City. That's the only song. All right. Um, Institute all right. It's all right. All right. <laughs> I mean, bro. All right. It's all right. I mean, bro. Like lyrically, <laughs> lyrically too, bro. That's probably the last time that we'll get a chance to hear Kendrick in like a true hip hop vibe. You know what I'm saying? What do you have to offer? Tell me before I don't. You know what I'm saying? Like as a hip hop nerd, bro. You really felt like you was, I was, I felt like I was on Rose Crayon with Good Kid Mad City, cuz. Come on, bro. <laughs> it's one of a kind, bro. It's one of a kind. I felt like I was in a sliding door. Come on, bro. Get out you the van, homie. You gotta know, bro. Like, come on, fool. We to to pimp a butterfly. Yeah, it's for the hip hop nerds. I love that album, but man, good kid, man, city, bro. It made you feel like you was there, like you was in that situation. And in my opinion, the only the only hip hop album that made me feel like that. And this is a little bit off topic, but the only album that made me feel like Good Kid, Mad City after that, as far as I was like, this is a hip hop masterpiece. Other than his other albums, was Victory Lab. I felt like Victory Lab was the yes. best hip-hop LP start to finish since Good Kid, Mad City, with the exception of To Pimp a Butterfly and Damn. I love Victory Lab. But, like, think about this. Think about this perspective, and this might be a little spicy, right? Let's see, here we go. Whose who's cat catalog can we really compare to Kendrick's? Because one thing that and people don't <laughs> like using this word this soon, we finna get to that topic. But he has not put out one since Good right. Kid Man City that is not a classic. All Let's right. get into it. Let's get into All it. All of them. <laughs> Let's get into it. And, I and Tom, I know you're not gonna want right. to hear this. We started the conversation. I know you're not gonna want to hear this. I, 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 Jazz, I really don't like talking to this nigga. I really don't like talking to this nigga. I really don't like talking Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Hold up. Okay, so that brings me to the next question, okay? So a lot of people know, like, when Kendrick dropped, it's over with. Like, everything, everybody, like, everybody listens. He told y'all on Baby King shit, I'm smoking on your top five tonight. Like, he knows, he he knows that people have lists and he's trying I'm to Omega, like, I'm the last. It's where it like, is. I so if Kendrick doesn't see anybody next to him, who is that other person that y'all think is next to him? Like who Baby King number two. Baby King is number two in his perspective, probably. <laughs> he probably passing it off to King. But nah, I don't think I don't think this is a conversation that's even fair to have anymore, to be honest. Like to be completely, completely honest. Bruh, I think what that, are you talking about, bro? I don't think I don't think it's fair because it ain't up, no conversation. Nobody can stand next to Kendrick right now. Yes. The only one that can is is well, no, it's a lot of people that can stand next to Kendrick, if I'm being honest. Because this really No, it's really not a lot of people that can stand next to him. It's only one person, yeah, I know who that is. It, are you talking about you gotta be talking about Hope? Because I know you ain't talking about Jermaine. <laughs> Jermaine. We said his name. Jermaine. <laughs> I've been poking him, Jermaine. Jermaine Cole. You know who I'm talking about. Hold on, Tom. Hold on, Tom. I want to give perspective to the people watching. Hold on. I want to give perspective to the people watching. 
Come on, bro. Like, hold up. But look, hold up, bro. You're not gonna put disrespect on Jermaine Cole's name. I not. Nigga didn't kill. He didn't kill. How many features he didn't kill? All of them. Okay. All of them. How many albums he didn't kill? Most of them. Most of them. Most of them. <laughs> not all of them. You see what I'm talking about, Jay? Yeah, so let's get about. to the nitty gritty. Look, let's talk about the, let's poke the elephant in the room, okay? Me and Chris on the same page, like. So page. I, I wanted to offer the, this perspective because this, so I know that Tom, this whole conversation, Thomas is my homie. We've been friends for years, like years. Like we went to high school together. All I know that he's a huge Cole fan. He know that I'm a Kendrick super fan. He probably the biggest Cole fan. I know I might be the kid, biggest Kendrick fan. We've had this conversation before, had it on his podcast, which I was listening to as well. Me and Jazz are both Kendrick stands. She knows how big of a Kendrick stand I am, and we've probably had this conversation about him and Cole before. My whole thing is I don't think it's fair to compare them because like there are so many other artists who make music that sound almost exactly the same for real, and we don't compare them. But just because these two guys have taken a divergent path as far as like and deviated from like what the rest of hip hop has done, we feel the need to compare them. But on a hip hop nerdy level, like <laughs> unfortunately, like there was there he some go. Point in time, there he go. There was some point in time where they too went in divergent paths. Right. Because like I feel like their approach to it is different. First of all, Cole has fed us so much more than Kendrick, which I appreciate. Because like between his Dreamville collect, we'll never get a collective black hippie album. We've had several Dreamville albums. The way that he runs his label, yeah, now nah, you're right, you're right, you're right. You're he right, gets right. more shots up, right. you know what I'm saying? Then Kendrick, and in that respect, I appreciate it because he then hopped on the Metro Booming beats and ripped them and, and killed them and, and, and gave us verses. And we wish we could see Kendrick work out a little bit more in that respect. But from a technicality standpoint, from an influence standpoint from a lyrical content standpoint, from a skill standpoint, and from like, I've been to a Kendrick and a J. Cole concerts in the same building, and they look completely different. Yeah. As far as attendance. You know what I'm saying? So like- You talking that, about a Bridgestone or what? Bridgestone. I was at, I was okay. at, I was at the um the KOD tour. I was at the KOD tour too. Yeah, and I was, I was there. At, I was at the uh damn tour. Cause Drake was there the next night. I was at the Drake tour. The oh next yeah, you day. did do that. Yeah, you did. Yeah, do that. then Dan was there like six months before. I mean, a year before, right? Dan yes, was right. Uh, August thirty first of uh of twenty eighteen. Right. Yeah, twenty seventeen, twenty What's your like? <laughs> what's your right, thing? It's Kendrick, bro. Kendrick is number one. Man, come on, bro. Hold on, bro. You like, don't. You don't. Okay, you don't have to give your top five on here. I was just curious to see. I don't think it's, it's because that like be a whole another episode. Because like, see, yeah, it's the we could talk about the other guy too. I was just saying, I feel like stood next to him because at this I, point- I know, I know, point, who's stand, I, I, I know who's standing next to him. We know who's standing next to him. We all know who stands next to him now. It's the three-headed monster. Right. You but I got something, but for me, it's somebody else that we just totally missing out of this group. Please. It's Chris. I mean, so I was just about to make the point of people from that class, so real hip hop fans, all of these guys came out around the same time. Same time, so, right. So we got Drake, Crip, Crip, Crip we got Drake, Cole and Kendrick, but then you got Wiz, 
Big Sean, Big Creek. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, right. All of those guys right. who are still here, who are still very much here. And like I say, I don't think it's fair that those guys don't get their just due because Kendrick is a once in a lifetime artist and he is their peer, ASAP Rocky included. You know what I'm saying? But extent, you know what? Included, we kind of we kind of like separate them. A lot of yeah. us we say it's yeah. because of the level of fame that they have, but like. Think about how great of an artist you have to be to, to separate yourself from your peers. Say all of their names in a verse and then do it for real. There's just so many different ways that you could look at that though. Like, Absolutely. Like lyrically, lyrically, you could put Cole next to Kendrick. But like you said, like with the influence um, and like, like stardom, all of that comes into play. I mean, depending on what your criteria for the best of the best is. But like lyrically, they both See, people don't listen to enough hip hop music to have this conversation either, which is of why. Of course, come on, bro. Listen, bro. You because know, you, you, got, know that, you got Black Thought, you got Royce the Five Nine, you got Royce Five Nine, you got come JID, on, you got Earth Gang, you got Mino, Benny the Butcher. Ah, hey, listen, man, hold on. Hey, I mean, we could we could go on a whole tangent about yeah, this. Is the real golden it's era of hip hop right it now? Pretty good. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, yeah, that's why I said, Fred, for sure. So, like, the thing about Kendrick as well is that this five year five year break has given almost everybody we just named the chance to either revitalize their career or make their career. Yeah. To be honest, if it wasn't for him coming through, and while we haven't, we didn't say Wale either. Yeah. Wale, yeah. Wale, oh man, you're right. You're right, you right Craig. That's, my dog God, Lee. That's my apologies, bro. Yeah, Damn. but because because Kendrick is as great as he is, right? It, it just made us be like, okay, that's that's what we need. Like in this lane, like that's all we need. We appreciate it. When y'all was talking about the J. Cole versus Kendrick thing, my biggest takeaway from that is that Kendrick Lamar just has better albums to me. Like a girl tweeted the other day, she said, Kendrick Lamar's albums are like reading books. And I was like, damn, like, I, me and my brother was having the same conversation because a lot of times when you listen to a Kendrick verse or when you listen to these albums, you have to revisit it a couple times. Yeah, and each time, you can come back with something different. And that's just how he's coming each and every time. Now, let, so, let, to me, Cole's approach when he raps is totally different. Like, he gonna say some shit, but it's Kendrick's it's his delivery. It's the voices that he makes. It's the it's the um, it's the production. It, it's the production. It's the storytelling. It's however, yeah. you, you just you just never nah, really know. We have to talk fuck. about this too. Yeah. The reason why Cole is in the conversation is because at a time where Kendrick started to kind of separate himself, Cole was the only one who was putting out stuff just as good. After Good Kid yeah. Man City came out, then nobody want to rap no more. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, for real. So yeah, you okay? So that's what okay. Okay, yeah, no, no. To my point. So Chris, really, Chris, in my up. opinion, Cole didn't start really. Mm, mm, until yeah. his last one, I wasn't a fan of the offseason like that. And yeah. the thing about it is, Kendrick hasn't put anything out that you're indifferent about. Gotcha. Untitled, unmastered is like this is leaps and bounds better than what anybody can. That what? Yeah. When they hopped on tell the two cities together, I mean, when Kendrick hopped on tells the two cities, and Cole hopped on. All right, I said even Cole know now. Yeah. Nah. Look, bro. When good. So that's why Good Kid, Mad City is my favorite because, like you just said, when he put that out, 
Shit, niggas weren't trying to drop no more. But niggas weren't like really albums that like, people put out after that too. It and was every like, really changed the standard, <laughs> bro. Dark Sky Paradise after that, bro. You know yeah, uh, so that's why I was like. 2014 for his not gonna be that good if Good Kid Man City doesn't come out. Right, right. Can we agree that Drake may be the bigger of the two, but he's not the best of the two? He's more of the popularity. He's the biggest, he the biggest artist in the world. Yeah, he more of a popularity person, but he's not the best lyricist. He he makes good. You can play However, Fire Desire for me, and he's I still one of the best ever too, though. Who has huh? out of all three? Who has the best catalog? Cold. Kendrick. Bro, that's what I'm saying. That's why I hate talking. That's a to whole him, different bro. conversation. Maybe I'm gonna have to start the rap narrative podcast so we can really oh, talk. Bro, about no, it. bro, you you going over Jay Z? Over Jay? Again, bro, over that's Jay? like we don't compare Come people. On, to Michael Jordan. I see. No, that's what you said though. Stand on what that, you said, Rick Ross. I'm gonna stand on it because guess what? I'm listening to to Ross's albums more than Hov. I am. That's a completely oh, different yeah. conversation, though. Or complete. Right. Look, we're gonna have to revisit that. Jazz, we music. Right. we're gonna have to do a special episode, a little, a little fifteen-minute joint or something. We will. We can, we can do talk that. about catalogs. But, but no. Um, <laughs> yeah, Drake catalog don't. He can't be in the conversation. I'm sorry. I just had to ask because you know people, people like all right, Drake should be up there for the last 10, 15 years. Like you said, he's been. That he's been that guy. He's been number one. He's fed us more than anybody. He took the Atlanta uh, formula and he maximized it with perfect engineering, perfect marketing, and then perfect songwriting. Touching every genre. Yeah, yeah he didn't touch. He didn't touch every genre. That's and that's why I like him. And he didn't put like everybody great. on, including yes. the two other guys. He didn't help put them on. So he's up there for different reasons than Kendrick. Kendrick is on his best album. Chris, shut the fuck up. Okay, so listen. <laughs> Drake is on Good Kid Mad City, bro. I'm just saying, bro. Shut up. Okay, so <laughs> we've been going back to Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Um, obviously, we all know that this is supposed to be his last album on TDE as an artist um, or signed to that label. And so now he's just going to be fully operating PG Wang, uh, which is who uh, Baby Keem is signed to. Um, so do you think that this is this album is Kendrick's retirement? Is this album gonna be Kendrick's last like project that we'll ever hear? Nah, I don't think it's his last album. I think it was just his last album on TDE. Uh I think he's definitely gonna be uh hip. I think he's probably with the with this album that just came out, with him letting that all out, uh like I said, that's probably like it was probably like his 444 album with Jay-Z. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think now that he's got that out, he's probably going to experience more. He's probably going to write more. He's probably going to 
he's probably gonna put out some more stuff. And I think, you know, with him being on his own time now, especially not, you know, operating with TDE, he's probably gonna put out more music. I, that's that's just my opinion. Uh, Chris probably have a different I have the opinion. same opinion. Um, me and Bernie was even talking about, like, I wonder, was it a, a great split from TDE, right? Um, right, right, right. Yeah. That, you know, he's a he's a grown man now. He want to start something his own, develop artists and stuff like that. But I follow Punch on, on social media, and he is a very on social media, yeah, me too. dude, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And I felt like he was yeah. tap dancing around something there. And I look at the way that the other TDE artists and Top himself have promoted Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers or lack thereof. Um, with that being said, of course there's more music coming. I don't think Kendrick is capable of retiring from this. Especially when Kane Cole around. <laughs> Here we go. He has, <laughs> he has that competitive thing though. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like all of them, they have like this competitive sickness that makes them great like that. And you know what? To go back to that, well, not to go back to it, but even the, what's the freestyle that J. Cole had dropped where he was like, you know, they compare me to, you know, Kendrick and Drake. And he feel like he in third place or something like that. Oh, yeah. You know, um, so, yeah, I definitely think Kendrick going to drop some more music. Just to, not to make it seem like he on top, but, I mean. To solidify his spot there, because he doesn't want I mean, he the boogeyman, man, man, you know. He, he the candy man. Yeah. You know, he that nigga. That was Friday the 13th when it came out. When it came out, is it Aaron exactly, Breaker and exactly, Retrograde? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. He had to know that that was happening when that happened. He, like it happened. He's logical, bro. He, yeah. He's logical. He's extremely intellectual, but I don't think we we've heard the last of it simply because there's so much more for him to do. I feel like artistically and like it's really limitless. He's only 35. Um, he can do this for 20 more years. Yeah. Right, and that, and that's why I said like I, I don't think. I think this is one of those albums where he didn't went through some things, you know, from, you know, from him, you know, reaching fame, getting money and just experiencing life. And then, you know, he had, you know, being married, he got two kids and, you know, he, he didn't went through life. And this is one of those albums where he just, you know, he had to get it off his chest. Yeah. You know, just like like I said, like with the Jay Z with the four 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 album, the Beyonce, Beyonce Lemonade album. You know, they had to get that off, and I think this was one of those albums, and this was his last album, TDE. But I'm I think he's gonna make more. Music. Next music gonna sound like now that he's like come to terms with himself, like because he said, you know, I'm not the same person. What do you say? I blink different. Like he just says, he said throughout the album that he's a totally different person. So I'm just curious to see like what his next content will be about. It's it's gonna be interesting to see for sure. Um, As an artist who's coming off a very introspective album, I can tell you my next music is gonna be more fun, (laughs) more like yeah. Let's go. You got to. I got to. If you haven't already listened, you deserve, bro. Y'all check that Chris Townsend out on all streaming platforms. It's everywhere. Chris Townsend, one word. Thank you. Um, (laughs) But now, for real, like. I feel like this is his Frank Ocean. I feel like he might do some DMX and drop again in six months. I would like to see it. I feel like Baby King kind of sounds like Kendrick when he raps too. But he he's he's he sounds like how we want Kendrick to rap almost. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that. If he I agree was a rapper that just rapped about young nigga stuff, like yeah, yeah, that's that's what he would sound like. Be. Yeah, so like I appreciate like a, that for sure. A little prodigy. I love that. I love that. I want to hear more Kendrick. I want to hear one more he got to say. I really now I just want some TDE closure because like I said, like y'all can go look. You know what I'm saying? Like all of them posted the album and stuff, but the energy was just different. Kind of weird. Yeah. And it looks like he covered up his TDE tattoo too. That was gonna be be my last question, like, because it kind of seems like Kendrick was kind of like holding the torch for TDE, like he was like everybody like on this big team, and now that he's leaving, you know, what does that leave behind? What is that? Yeah. Oh, so I'm going. So um, there's so, that's Schoolboy Q, there's SZA, there's Isaiah Rashad, there's... I, that's um, what I was about to ask you, so did y'all, yeah. did y'all, did y'all yeah. see when Isaiah Rashad performed at Coachella? Yeah. Like, I think, man, I think TDE still gonna be, I think they gonna be alright. I like, think they are gonna be alright. We forget yeah, that they had the best singer in the was, world. They got Sir. Yeah. Sir. It, it was big. Yeah. He the king of R&B. And SZA, who is the arguably the king of modern R&B. Yeah. So they're going to be all right. But I'm excited to see what PG Lang is going to be. Yeah. Me too. Because he's marketing. He's marketing that junk. Seems like he's marketing that junk. Yeah. More than a label. Like, they putting out content. I done seen, like, little short films. The way that everything is shot, kind of similar. It seems like he's gonna be working with like what's his name, Dave Free, the one that does. Yeah, Dave Free. He said Dave Free got another whole B in the oven. Yep. Mm. So you know he's definitely he'll probably be. I believe that he'll probably be the next hip hop billionaire that we see. Mm. Um, yeah. He's only he's like I said he turned thirty five in a few weeks. So like he's a very young dude too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he's just coming into his own. Like, all we've really ever seen him do is rap for the last 10 years. That's true. So, like, the next 10 years is going to be very interesting. We 10 years from Good Kid Man City in October. You know, wow. it'll be 10 years. Yeah. Is it going to be 10? Is it going to be 10? 10, bro. October. That's crazy. Yeah. So, we... Wow. His, his path has been very different than his peers, right? Because really, all he's really done is just make great albums and then tour on them. Yeah, yeah. And maybe I'm, maybe I'm, uh, you know, being a little dramatic, but I feel like Kendrick has one of the best album experiences ever in my lifetime. Yes, absolutely. He's he's really number one for me, um, as far as like like. Every year, I agree with it. Every time, it's like, okay, what are we gonna get this time? Yeah, like you go into it knowing that you're gonna come out of it feeling right. Yep. And that you're not gonna pick it up and put it back down. Like right. Yeah. For real. Everything. Hey, everything stopped when Kendrick dropped. I ain't gonna lie. With that being said, with that being said, now Jazz, you know how I feel about this person who I'm about to say, and I think Thomas does too. Does that make him, with the exception of Beyonce, the closest like Michael? Because of that reason. When Michael used to debut his videos, we were we were a little bit too young for this, but yeah, everything was stopped. Like the news when was Michael stopped, did. the TV yeah. shows were stopped, yeah. and his, they would be showing the new Michael Jackson video on MTV, BT, ABC, yeah, yeah, yeah. CBS. Yeah. 
to, to answer your question in a hip hop world, yes. But besides I Kanye. Yeah, yeah, besides Kanye, but like Michael Jackson was a polarizing figure for the world though. So I think like for Kendrick Lamar, it's just a little different because the whole world, the rest of the world outside of hip hop may not get the But I mean, did you see did you see the uh the, the Mr. Morale tour tour schedule? Uh, I looked at it. Yeah. This is his third world tour. Yeah, that's true. And he but only I, guess, get I, I haven't really, I haven't really done my research on or know anybody on the other side of culture to really know how they feel about Kendrick. Yeah. And just look at, look, yeah. look at yeah, some of But look, but look, though, but look, though, Chris, I don't know if like Kendrick can. You know, have people come run up on stage and like, you know, no, to, no that's you know, what I said. The closest like, like, like Mike was, Mike was a to providing that experience. Like, he, I think he's talking about from a content athlete. perspective. When he yeah. dropped a video, we like, oh my God, Kendrick dropped the video. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. When Drake dropped a video, it's like, have you seen the Drake video yet? Right. When that's Dot dropped a video, it's like, hey, bro, you got to watch the Kendrick video. Like, 